You are listening to The Limitless Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Heron. What if you had no limitations keeping you from your dream life? In 2016, I had a major tug on my heart to write a book about my story. And in the process, I learned that I had been operating with a very faulty belief system for the majority of my life. I've had a huge transformation since then. And my life's passion and mission is to teach you how to live a limitless life. Join me on this journey. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast. This is Deanna Heron, your host. I am super excited to share with you an amazing leading lady. And I found this woman on LinkedIn. I was searching LinkedIn and I saw her profile and was like, whoa, look at her. And I read her about and knew that I needed to have her in my life and have her on this podcast because she is powerful. So what we're going to talk about today is leading ladies, women who are courageous, women who are bold, women who are standing in their truth. And you know, that's what this podcast is all about, teaching you how to stand in your authentic truth because a woman standing in her truth can become limitless in her impact. So I want to welcome Stacy Karen Idema. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm super excited to have you today. And I would love for you just to share all things about Stacy. Oh my. Well, that's a- <laughs> all day. Deanna, thank you so much for having me. It's been when you found me and we started chatting, it felt fun. So I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. What about me? Oh, I am a US expat living in London. And it was a late in life, later in life shift or midlife shift, if you will. I'm the mother to two adult young men. I am the founder of Equity, the global collective. Um, Equity is a very early stage technology company, AI-driven, data-led for family offices with the focus on helping family offices really understand the investments, opportunities that they are receiving so that they may make a better impact in the world. And in particular with impact investing. So my area of specialty, and it's not limited to, is female founders in particular. And then Global Collective is really the complementary. It's the consulting and coaching aspect of that. So that for me is... I'm immersed in it. Every part of me is immersed in it. And in that, there's also other areas where I kind of branch off. I have my tentacles in so many things, but it's really centered around what I would call empowering the feminine in men, women, and business. So my through line is really emotional intelligence and then the polarity of the masculine and feminine and creating a new ecosystem that not only empowers women, and that is a bit of an overused word. Really, this is about the rise of women and being radically responsible for ourselves, not only in what's possible, but in the ways with which we limit ourselves now that limit the what's possible. And on the flip side of that is how do we help, how do we communicate better and how do we invite in the masculine to support us. And that's come through my own journey of realizing all the ways with which I have self-rejected 
all the ways I have limited myself, all the ways that there were people standing right there showing me, telling me, speaking, screaming at me of what they saw in me that I wasn't seeing in myself. And there were more men than women in my life for a long time that did that. And as a mother to two adult men, it's hard not to to acknowledge the pain that they're going through, not only how I raise them and how I get to change our storyline and what that looks like, especially being a single mother for a long time and twice married. So navigating that journey with them, the things that they struggle with that we need to talk more about because women have this incredible power that most of us, most of the women that I know aren't yet even willing to acknowledge and accept. And so once we start to do that, we really shift families, we shift economies, we shift the power. Yeah, that's uh, truly, I could go on and on and on about this, but that's, that's a little bit about me. I grew up in a really teeny tiny town where everybody knew your name and I, I escaped, I guess you could call it. And mostly because I grew up in family business, both of my parents were business owners. So I spent 26 years in corporate and after my fourth layoff in the end of 2019, started into coaching, thought I would focus on women, felt something was missing because most of the people with whom I worked with were men and most of the people with to whom I reported were men. And I had very fun and special relationships and now knowing all the ways that they saw me and what I was capable of that I didn't see in myself. And a second divorce in 2020 led me to London and led me to wanting to stay here. There was just this, there's such a culture here, a a diversity. It's undescribable unless you've been here. And I decided to sell everything and move to London. My two boys are still in the States. And it was that chance to finally explore that fire that had been in me since I was a little girl. Wow. Powerful. So powerful. The rest is history. The last couple of years is I'm just, it's here now. (laughs) I love it. I want to, I want to play a little bit more on women rising because there definitely is a rise in what's happening in women. I see it all around me. And you know, this, this particular podcast is about leading ladies and the rise of women and the rise of women. And I know female, female energy, masculine energy is a little bit misconstrued sometimes, but, but when we, I I would love for you just to, let's talk more about the rise that's happening in, in women right now. And it's more from a female energy perspective from what I'm seeing, just really coming into standing in your own truth and your power. Right. Well, I certainly know that when I started my corporate career, this this presence of women was showing up more like men, very hardcore, very masculine. And I know that I felt like I was bouncing around between bumper pads, attempting to find my place because I would be called out when I would stand there with my arms crossed, stern and uninviting, hard to talk to. And then when I would get so frustrated, I would get loud and vocal. And and then people would think that something was wrong. And then there was the, I should just give up 
So the very, the kind of the victim mindset, mm-hmm. I shouldn't just, I shouldn't do anything. And so now we're starting to see that shift a lot in women and exploring what that looks like for many, it's because they burned out or they weren't honest about what they wanted. And so, you know, even like me, even understanding now my responsibility in both of my marriages and understanding that responsibility in a way I would have never expected that I wasn't truthful with me. Mm-hmm. Therefore I wasn't truthful in my relationship. And what I'm seeing is more women that are starting to recognize that. I think the really powerful pieces, those that are choosing to recognize that and respond in a really emotionally mature way over those who are blowing stuff up in a really harmful way, because that doesn't solve the problem either. It's really beautiful that this is happening and there's still these underlying layers and tones of the language that we use and the narratives that we tell and the stories behind it that I believe are, that get, there's more opportunity to mature in them. One in particular is particularly an investment with women-owned businesses getting invested. The numbers are discouragingly low, less than 2% around the globe. Wow. Certain countries are more prevalent. In the U.S., it's much more prevalent than it is in the U.K. Some of the Nordic countries are more prevalent than some of the others. When we continue to talk about it in the you must fund women, you you have to do it because we're a woman, we're not actually looking at what we need to do as women to enable ourselves. Yes. Um, I see this time and time again, and that becomes part of it. We see these women rising and saying, okay, enough's enough. The next step of that becomes, what's what are the stories that you tell? What are the ways that you enable yourself in more powerful ways beyond just the enough's enough? Because then you, you end up screaming just as loud as the other person that's not doing anything other than complaining about it. Right. Yes. I can totally relate to all of that because I I come from a place where all I know was that masculine energy, just that hard go, do, become, achieve, earn. It was it was hard and it was intense. And I I I did burn out. And there is a I'm experiencing a different way in a different journey, being more in that where we have that masculine and feminine energy in us, but it's a balance, right? And learning when to turn on that masculine and learning to live in that feminine, but I'm, I'm operating more in the feminine space, which is so much more joyful and able to release the outcome, Mm. do the work and release the outcome, et cetera. But yeah, the burnout is real. And yeah. Yeah. And it took a while, I know, for me to a, acknowledge it. Little things. For example, being a mother is feminine. Mothering is masculine. And when when I, that finally occurred to me, I'm like, oh, oh crap. And I can and I'm continuing to mother my boys. And they're and they're they're men. So that's not and they're t- attempting to figure out their way of how do they lead themselves. 
me mothering them is the worst thing I could do. And still today, there's a lot of apologies. I did it again. I'm really sorry. I did it again. I'm really sorry. It takes it takes a long time to flip those habits and, and really dig into, okay, I get to create a structure for me. My insecurities, my fears, all of those things that would be projections, they're not for somebody else. So now I get to create the tools and the techniques and the structure so that I can be more feminine. And I think that's the other part of this is to your point about the, we all have the masculine and the feminine. If you don't have masculine, if you don't have that structure, you're all over. It would be like a, it would be like a river not having a, a, a riverbed, it, which yes. is just detrimental to a, a riverbed not having water. Right. I think the awareness is what is so amazing. And I love what you said that mothering is masculine. I'm not aware of that. So yeah. yeah, how is that? I mean, I'm thinking about how I mother and I'm getting a little squirmy in my chair right now thinking about the difference between, you know, how I still mother my son and then I mother my daughters. So can you speak to that a little bit about how that's more masculine? So I do it from more of the extreme because it's usually the easiest to to think about. It's when you say, chase your child around to do something that you want them to do because you're not comfortable with the way that they're, they are kind of figuring out how to structure their thing. So for example, I used to chase my kids around because I wanted them to do X, Y, and Z by a specific time. And there was nothing really attached to that time other than I wanted it done because I didn't want to think about it anymore. Instead of sitting down with them and creating a structure that was agreeable to both of us. Oh, that's beautiful. That That's probably the easiest description because I know when that occurred to me, it was suddenly like an entire movie of all the ways in which I had chased my kids around the house to get them to do something because yes. I wanted them to do it because just because. Yes. And or become the threatening, repeating parent of, you know, why isn't this done? If it's not done, <laughs> you're going to be grounded or whatever that happens to be. But yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. So beautiful. There's a lot of young moms that are listening to this podcast. And I think that's such valuable information for them to know as they're mothering some of the, you know, I, I tell my children today, I said, please don't judge me <laughs> for what I did back then, because today I know better. And when I know better, I can do better. Yeah. And yeah, so it's such a, a beautiful learning journey. Motherhood is for sure. So beautiful. And then for me, what I noticed is because I did so much of that, even in partnership, I would, I would do it. To, I would do it to my partners. And so that's then when you think about the, the container and the structure that you have in partnership where you need both, you start to emasculate really the masculine mm -hmm. that's not meant for you. Um, and, and then we miss out on our desires. We miss out on expressing our desires and allowing things to happen and creating that the harmony in that as well. So, and then even worse is we start to, or at least I certainly did when they would attempt to step up, I would criticize that it wasn't, it didn't look the way that I wanted it to look. So then there's that control aspect. Mm -hmm. Yes. And can't have it both ways. Right. Which yeah. ultimately then it's this return to us. What are we afraid of? Where do we get to dig in and understand more deeply where, where we're hurt, where we need to be seen, where we're hiding, 
and where we're self-rejecting. Yes. Those are powerful, powerful. Yes, for sure. And that's just learning to step into who you are and who you are, not who you are based on what society says you should be. I love how you said, you know, you love living in London because of the diversity yeah. and, you know, being able to stand in your own truth of who you are and not worry about really what people are going to think, what, and just, there's so much fear around really shining, shining your light and evolving into the beautiful creation that you're here on this earth for. Yeah. And I know, and part of what I absolutely love about your story is the up-leveling that you have done in your life. So you've had pivots in your life that were so courageous where you were able to make a, I mean, make a decision to move to where you are away from what you know is courageous. And I'm, guessing that each one of those was an up level for you. You made a decision to stand more and more in your authentic truth. Early on, without even knowing, there was the, you know, back to the desires, there was the inability for me to express my desires. And then I would internalize it all and think that I had to do it all. And then I would keep going until I became so resentful that I just was done. And so that up level, if you will, happened with my first divorce. And then there was other little, little ones like that, very specific to my career. So those were little micro moments that I didn't realize were there. And it got to a point where I just kept, it was like, I was, I continued to run into a brick wall. My really big pivot was when I was in corporate and was introduced to emotional intelligence and became certified, trained, was certified, and started to integrate that into my professional life and how I led the programs that I led, working with really large teams all over the globe, leading these really visible initiatives that were well-funded. And I was working with some of the most intelligent people, PhDs, medical doctors, and I practiced at home. And from there, by this time I was married the second time and there was, it was a family of seven. So three step kids and my two, and then my husband and I and a dog. And I started practicing on my family and I started to notice, really notice the shift in me, the, the positive psychology aspect of it. And then my coaching certification, all those things. I, that's really one of the biggest Um, along with those other micro, but that was a huge pivotal point for me. And that was 11 years ago. And it's, it's interesting to go on that journey and think everything else, you can go on that journey and everything else is just going to stay the same and it's going to be okay until you're really challenged and invited to step the F up. Right. (laughs) Yes. And then suddenly it's like, And suddenly that that glass bubble that you have around you is shattered and you and you look at yourself and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. No matter how many ways to Sunday you flip things and switch things and you can't drag people along with you. 
you've already broken hearts by not being honest about who you are. They may not know it, but you know it. You start to notice it. Right. And then it's the reality of you're already breaking your heart by not saying anything and you're going to break their heart regardless. So then that's, let's just sit with that for just a second. That was super powerful right there. Yes. Let's just say that one more time. That was amazing. When you've lied to yourself about who you are, you lie to others. So no matter what, whether you stay in it or whether you choose to leave it and go somewhere else, you break their heart regardless. And you've broken yours. Right. Yeah. So the emotional intelligence, what did that do for you? So as a little girl, I knew that I I had something. I didn't know what, that I had a conscience. I didn't know what that thing was talking to me. I didn't know what those bodily feelings were because my world was so wrapped up in business mm-hmm. with both parents being entrepreneurs. My father, a generational business owner, my mother, an entrepreneur. You see both sides of people often. You see what they're like in social right. and then you see what they're like or what your parents were dealing with or navigating with these people on on the flip side. And so I saw a lot of things and I felt a lot of things. And when I spoke up, I was often quieted because it didn't, it didn't fit that mold. And the, I, I, I know that, that, that hushing, that shushing, the constant shushing amplified my anxiety so, and that increased as the years the years went on, along with some other really pivotal moments with sexual trauma and verbal abuse. So when I was introduced to emotional intelligence at that point, I could see very clearly behaviors, I could, body language, how people communicated, where they were in integrity of what they said and what they did. I didn't know how to always articulate it. So what happened for me was it was this entry point to, I was much more understanding that I was much more emotionally intelligent than, than the average person. And I never felt like I was smart because I struggled so much in school. There were certain things that I was really good at math and science. I was not, I was always very fidgety, little things like that. So for me to finally, it was, it was like I, the first time I felt like I belonged was like, oh, okay. I get all of these things and these things are more attached to emotional intelligence. Oh, and by the way, you can continue. It's a learned. So you will find people who in particular, like inner city children who have gone through so much trauma will end up more on the emotional intelligence spectrum because they have seen and navigated things that we have that when, when we weren't, or those that are out of that, 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 that inner city itself. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. So then when I started to dig into Angela Duckworth's grit work, so when I started diving into positive psychology and realizing the tie between positive psychology and emotional intelligence, it was like, everything was on fire inside of me. Everything finally started to make more sense about human behavior. And by that time, I had already spent, gosh, the better part of 15 years or more, and even in therapy, my own personal therapy, therapy with the boys, they had been 
um, they both were diagnosed with attention deficit when they were young. And so all these pieces and parts finally started to make sense. It was like my, my puzzle was starting to be filled in. And that helped me really understand and empathize in particular and working with some of these executives and being in some of these spaces and places where I would sit in their office and we wouldn't even necessarily talk about the issues that we needed to talk about. I was just there holding space for them to release whatever was on their mind and in their heart. And as I mentioned, a lot of my time was spent with men. And so it really started to give me a different perspective on the humility that I got to witness. And what I didn't know at the time is how in my feminine I was in those moments. Yes. There was a, a trust and I didn't know what, how and where that trust came from. Part of it was I didn't trust myself. Knowing all the things I know now, though, the, these were all the things I started to tie together with EQ. And for me, it was really exciting because it was a learned behavior and there was always the need. And there still is a little bit that I wanted to be I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be more. I wanted to, you know, continue to elevate that, that constant in me, that constant drive that ever, it, it, it actually flipped my switch on the difference between and what I discern as being a nice girl and being a kind woman. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. I can be fierce and I can be kind. Mm, yes. Yes. That's a yeah. beautiful distinction. Yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that for sure. A nice girl, just being a kind woman. Yes. Yeah. A, a and nice girl. Yeah. Well, that's what we grew up with. Can't you just be nice? Right. Can't you just, can't you just be nice? Mm -hmm. Even last year at the airport, there was a woman, I was standing in, in the first class line and there was a woman just to the right of me with her daughter who was about 13. And the daughter said, Mama, I can't wait until I make enough money so I can travel in first class. And the mother said, well, can't you just wish for world peace? And I bit my tongue and I told a couple of my girlfriends about it. And they're like, that was the time you are responsible. You had a responsibility and now you get to go be responsible because wealth and world peace are not mutually exclusive. And yet the, these, this is the language right? that I was, I was certainly raised with. And it's the, it's the narrative that I no longer believe in. And so with that, I get to find new and subtle ways of, of letting a 13 year old girl know that they're not mutually exclusive and she can be wealthy as hell and fierce and kind as, as, as the best of them. Right. I love that. Yes. They're not yeah. exclusive. Yes, we do have those desires. My, from a very young age, it was creating wealth for me. That is a, that is a drive within me that I held back for so many years. And I'm, I've let her out. It's, it is what it is. And I love wealth because what I can, the experiences I can create for my family, the experiences I can create for people who don't get experiences in their life. Absolutely. And yeah, to be able to give when I want to give and who I want to give to. Absolutely. 
there is, and this could be a completely separate podcast, but I, I want to share this because this shows the potency that women, what's happening for women, the great wealth transfer. So in the next 20 years, 84 trillion will transfer between generations. And certainly here in the UK, they don't, re they report differently in each country. There isn't consistency, but in here in the UK alone, more than 60% will go to women. Wow. And so if we think about all the ways with which we speak that there isn't enough, and then when it's at our doorstep, how are we even going to handle it? Right. The lack mentality. Yes. Yeah. It's so prevalent in the world right now, for sure. Yeah, that's so amazing to think about. And what we get to create with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, so beautiful. So what is your next up level? What are you doing now that it just actually sets your soul on fire? Oh, I, it is really focused around being seen and being visible and being very vulnerable in places and spaces that I've never been. So I, I chose family office as the route for my technology coming from family business and knowing, and then this beautiful marriage of my corporate experience. There's rooms I've certainly never been in and there's rooms I get to go be in. And for me, it's really about the relationship. It's always been about the relationship. So that next level requires me to get really comfortable with the uncomfortable constantly. And what I'm seeing now are very fast pivots, very like last night in, in my business design group, I shared a fear. And one of those fears is that I create, I create structure in my day so I can flow. So like you and I talked about CEO day mm -hmm. and admin day. And in the world of coaching over the world of technology and, you know, a, a, a startup technology business, there's still this hustle mentality in that world. And so I'm speaking up about how I get to leverage some best practices that I've learned through not only my personal development journey, but my professional development journey that changes the way we get to do business. So there's those elements of being seen and then in that, what are the new ways that I get to get comfortable pitching and speaking up and asking questions? So going back to even my, my coaching background, I, I have the better coming up more on the better part of two decades of it. And still I get in that fear in particular about being visible and somebody possibly calling me out on my own crap or seeing me as I don't want to be seen. Right. And so, and as somebody who is daily strengthening her intuition, some of that also is strategic moves, strategic way of thinking. And so I have decided to start playing poker. And I just put myself in a poker room a couple of weeks ago and I lost my 35 pounds, <laughs> um, but it's, it's an environment, it's all women. So you go in and it's a space and some of them kind of scare me. They're hardcore, but I'm sitting there just watching the body language, knowing that it is truly a game of strategy. And I did play a little bit with my intuition, but I could, I just kind of let my body feel what it felt to see my response. 
And even one of the women leaned over, she made a comment to me about how that part of this becomes that people will take advantage of me and not in a, a terrible way, but for the sake of the game to benefit them. So where do I get to sharpen my skills? And that's different. It's, you know, for me, that's different as somebody who is really focused deeply on trusting her intuition. This is exercising, call it even tactical empathy. It's right. a new way of negotiating. Right. So where can I use my intuition in the ways I know it's powerful? And then where do I get to use tactical empathy and motivational interviewing is the other language for it. To be in some of these rooms of some of these exceptionally powerful people and in places and spaces I haven't been. Mm. And so that requires truly daily practice of the little things that come up. And what do I get to do to move through those little things? Because I don't want to sit in the fear or panic or angst for days on end. So I have different tools that I use to call it excavate the things that come up and then move through them. Because while sitting in it is really powerful and we get to be, I also want to be in a place where if I sit at my desk and know that I have a few really important emails to send, and if I'm not feeling it, I don't want it to go on and on and on and on and on for days on end. For the rest of the day, yes. I want to allow myself to feel and then move back into it, which when we were talking about the feminine earlier, I think this is the, probably it can, it it can move on the kind of the the side of detriment when we allow ourselves to sit in that feminine too much. Mm -hmm. There is that we need to use our bumper pads to come back. Yes. So beautiful. And and I love your word excavate. We have to excavate those things that aren't working, you know, so powerful too, because, you know, learning, learning those tools so that you're not sitting in it for days and days and days is, yeah. is going to enhance your production in so many different areas, but just grow your confidence. And I think as I see the rising that's happening in women, I think those are some of the things that are happening is there, we're all learning those tools of excavating so that we can stand in our power and truth. And it helps to have a small, I have a small community. I mean, that's the other part of this journey is I have grieved the loss of a lot of friends. And I don't want to say it gets any easier. Mm -hmm. It takes a little less time to grieve. Right. You realize the, and accept why and kind of what they offered and hopefully how you were able to give and then you move on. Right. Because I realized as part of that, and even in, in yesterday's conversation of sharing my fear, what was mirrored back to me is that it was self-rejection, which in essence is victimization. So then I'm sitting in that victim mindset, that victim mentality, and it really, it fills your body. Yes. That victim mentality of I'm the effect of everything that's going on around me. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. You are such an amazing, powerful woman. I'm just honored to be in this space with you today. Your journey has been so beautiful. And I just love seeing how you have grown yourself and standing in your truth, which is what this podcast is all about. So you're perfect for this. Any last words that you would like to give to some women entrepreneurs? We have lots of entrepreneurs listening to this, young mamas, 
and really just trying to find their way, you know, working through those fears, like you said, any last minute tips or insight to the younger Stacy, the younger version of Stacy? Stacy. Oh my gosh. It's a little overused, but there's truth in loving yourself and actually figuring out what that really means to you. For me, it's grace. It's having um, women around me that hold me to a higher standard and changing my language. So if I need to vent about something, that's one thing I get to vent. And then I get to find another way. So for me, it was really about not rejecting myself. What I did was back to the victim, the victim being the victim, because what if the opposite were true? And so I would say it's finding what does that love feel like? Because what happens, again, it could be a completely different podcast. When I learned about existential kink, that was a, a big game shifter in the in the victim mindset. We continue to do things to ourselves and limit ourselves because we end up getting off on that that hit, that dopamine hit. And really we want we want the opposite of that fear. And so what if the opposite were true? How would we feel? And there's often an arousal. There's often a desire that we think that we are not worthy of because it's uncomfortable. So when we start to play with that a little bit, what would it look like to really love myself and allow ourselves to sit in that and be curious with it without judging it? That's where you get to start because all of this starts with that. Learning to love yourself. Yeah. And it's not just a, Hey, I love myself. Right. It's a, in what ways will I respect myself more? In what ways will I say, no, thank you. In what ways will I say, you know what? I need help, but I don't really know what I need. I just did that with my advisory board a couple of weeks ago. I said, okay, here we go. Tech business. You guys know what's going on. I want this board. I asked you here for a reason. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I want. And then suddenly I got exactly what I wanted. Right. And I looked at them. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you asked. So we're giving it to you, which was a whiteboard first advisory board. And it was like, oh yeah. Okay. So there was this uncomfortable feeling. And then once I sat in it a little bit, it was like, okay, my heart just opened a little bit and this is what I want. And it's scary as hell. Right. Right. Okay. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move to the next thing. Now this, this feels good. This is exactly what I wanted. And so the old me would have been like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't afford it. I can't. No, we're just going to do it online. No, we're not going to do it in DC. No, can't do it. But once you settle into it and you start to, you, you begin to trust yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Loving yourself first and understanding who you are leads you to really be able to trust, trust that. Yeah. So yeah. Beautiful. And I think you, when you, when you start to realize those little things, being able to share it with somebody, yes. even one person, to just say, I've, I've noticed this about myself and this is the, this is what I like about myself today. That's big. That's so big. I'm writing that down. <laughs> that one was for me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. So learning. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, learning to love yourself, you we wear so many different hats and sometimes we sacrifice ourselves for, for all the other roles that we play. 
yeah. and learning to love yourself and that self-respect and tr leads to that trust and trusting who you are and what you have to offer this world and those amazing gifts and talents. So resentment isn't fun. And we get to decide whether we're resentful or not. And by, by not choosing ourselves, we're, we, we end up choosing that. So true. So true. Powerful words. Powerful. Thank you so much, Stacey. What an, yeah, what an amazing interview. I cannot wait to see what happens in, in your new venture. And um, I know it's going to be big and I, I'm just excited to just stay in touch with you. You're just such a beautiful, aware person. And I love that so much. So thank you for being a part of this podcast. Yeah. And sharing with our guests. So thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. God bless. See you soon. I'm honored to have you as part of the Limitless community. If this podcast has added value to you, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Number one, share it with your family and friends. And number two, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Deanna Heron. I always love hearing from you. If you would love more about what's happening in the Deanna Heron world, you can go to DeannaHeron.net, subscribe to my email list, or even be a part of my private Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.